0: The The living room's dark, save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one-starry sky with whispers
1: of morning. George, how are you? I am well, sir. How about yourself? mall i'm I'm whipping it good whip it good Do-do. yep. so first tangent of the show like uh 12 seconds in um <laughs> i actually have it's called an energy dome like the devo
2: hat it's like mm-hmm. it's right here it's right next to my desk <laughs> <laughs> were you wearing it the entire time you were playing castlevania
1: no and now i feel like we should just not record this episode in in two weeks after having done that then we right. can do
2: it all right everybody like us on facebook and twitter
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe y'all <laughs> mash that's su- whip that subscribe button um, yeah so castlevania we played castlevania the first yes. one
2: yes not not simon's quest which is is garbage and not yeah no o- og castlevania yeah. castlevania the castlevania
1: yep which um i realized after we started playing this that um my nostalgia goggles for this are, um, let's say unclear to me because Mm. I know with a really high level of confidence that I did not own this game and yet I can't place who did. So like where this game fit into my childhood, I actually don't have like a good story for like, I know I played it. I just don't really know when or where.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When or where with whom, I mean, you were just probably going into a dark alleyway somewhere, you know, somebody who had just had a Nintendo set up down there. You know, you really wanted the ambiance, the the horror aesthetic.
1: Guy with like a trench coat who's like, hey, kid, want to play some Castlevania? And you're like oh, Wait, i don't right? know <laughs>
2: and then it just smash cuts to you like yay <laughs> all sunshine and rainbows and he's
1: just behind me like jump jump over the Moodoo's head
2: <laughs> oh come on you, you you're better than this <laughs> yeah
1: not every creep with a gruff voice and a trench coat is that kind
2: of creep i know right <laughs> um no for me i definitely own this one and uh and just it wasn't one that I threw tons of time at just because it It and OK, so we we, we can't really dance too long about the, the <laughs> elephant in the room, which is this game is known notorious for being extremely hard. So right? hard. Yeah. So it's it's so hard and it but <laughs> and it but it's not punishing. And we'll get into that with, like, the way the gameplay works. But I just... So, so, like I said, like, this game, I definitely played it, and I played it a lot, but I didn't play it a tremendous amount because it was, it was hard, man. It was hard, like... When you,
1: you didn't even have the stereotype of, like, the older brother or sister that you could go to and be like, can you beat this boss for me?
2: No, it was just... You just slammed him to the same thing over <laughs> and over and over again, and then you ran out of all of your lives. And and this is definitely, like, a, a gameplay note, but... um. So like, what I would do is if you know, because there there are the stage, there are stages within stages, right? So each each stage, right, you know, like has like three or four areas that like you can, they're like mini obstacle courses, right? Yeah. So so if I died in the beginning of a stage back in the day I would just be like oh man that's gonna make it so much harder to get through the rest of the stage this time when I played through if I died at the beginning of the stage I just walked my happy ass off the cliff (laughs) two more times and then just started over with three lives you know so well
1: because it's it's the door well we'll get to this in mechanics but yeah I, I agree with you that it's like I need the maximum amount of of my strength between here and the next door
2: yeah, but it's very much akin to, you know, walking into a room, getting a paper cut, cut, and then committing seppuku, you know? Well,
1: <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, but knowing, like, you have a resurrection stone.
2: <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, visuals.
1: <laughs> so the graphics in this game are super Nintendo-y. Not super Nintendo-y, but they're <laughs> extremely Nintendo-y. And I actually found that to be a really pleasant except on the map screen like the level screen Mm, like every every part of the levels is just like wow look at what the nintendo is capable of like the stones have textures and like the whip you could kind of see like the once you get to the chain whip it's got the little like chain you know Mm -hmm. outline to it and and the zombies like their clothes are all ragged and the medusa heads like you can sort of see the individual snakes in their hair like it It's really impressive levels of detail for this time in history. And then you you get in between levels and the map is just like rectangles. Yep, <laughs> it's just like it's so. It's, it's just so jarring from like the love and attention that I swear that whoever the the person who did the art for the map, like they must
2: have found out they were gonna get fired after this project. <laughs> They're just like, I'll show you, this will teach you. And you know, honestly, to to be entirely honest, I think it speaks to the. So I I personally think this this obviously this game is centered around fear, right? It's it's a horror game, Definitely. you know. Yeah. So I mean, this isn't. This is this not? Yoshi's Island this isn't you know, <laughs> like you're not going to turn this on and hand it to you know like a four year old and be like hey kid you want to have just a good old no like you're supposed to be scared and you're supposed to be on edge right so after defeating because you see the map screen after defeating a boss before you go into the new new things, so that's like the, the in the tension and release cycle like that's the release right because you beat <laughs> the boss but it's it's starting to build the tension again because you're about to be thrown into a, a new level right and Honestly, I like paid so little attention to the map because I was like already starting to stress out a little bit about what what the next thing was going to happen to me. That it, that visual didn't didn't smack me in the face too hard, just because I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't worried about the map, man. Like I kind of like looked <laughs> down briefly at the map and then stared horrified out in front of me, like oh, no one's gonna come after me next. That, <laughs> that's
1: that's not actually completely unreasonable, and I don't I don't know when it entered the the mythos, but at some point uh in the Castlevania mythology, it's established fact that Dracula's castle, every time it reappears, has like shape shifted and reconfigured itself. So I don't know if that was true from the word go in the original Castlevania or if they kind of retconned that in later. But I mean the map itself makes no sense. Like no. you the castle shaped all weird. There's like impossible turrets and stuff coming off it. So it's it's believable that the intention is for the map to seem unhelpful and and pointless right but but i just i don't know like it's just the level of detail so low and yeah you've just the music has just ended for the the level and you're waiting for the music and the next level to start it just goes like it's like a walking noise like yeah so it's just like uh, I, I don't. It's not like I get to choose where I go. Do they even need to show me this?
2: <laughs> and I think that that was a a beginning attempt at you know because especially games of this. I mean, newer games have this this stuff you know kind of mastered, but it was a beginning attempt at you know. It's not just one level leading into another level, leading into another level. You are exploring a castle, you know, and so they're like, ooh, look, you know, you started here, and then this links you into this other area, and like, oh, now you have to go into the sewers because why not the sewers? Um, because sewers, uh, and uh, and yeah, and so you know, like, so I think that that's what they were trying to do, but I, I would agree that the the map definitely definitely falls flat a little bit. One of the things though that I kind of was like, huh. Um, that you kind of touched on which is the whip right so the whip when you first get it it is a whip right and then yes it's like a leather like a short leather whip right and then you get the whip power up which is not a whip anymore
1: no it's like a length of chain that the warriors would carry
2: (laughs) yeah and then and then the final (laughs) one is yeah so i would say that the second (laughs) one is is almost closer to like a flail and then the third one is like a nine section steel whip with a with a giant spiked ball on the end of it, you know? And the only reason why I bring that up is because A, it okay, so as far as like a visual and service of gameplay, absolutely it accomplished that in a sense that I knew every single time I hit the whip button which which level of whip I had. You yeah, know, it was very yeah, no clear. no ambiguity. <laughs> no ambiguity. I knew if I had the the garbage leather whip, the intermediate whip or the one the the whip that realistically if you don't have it, the game is nigh unplayable. But uh but with all that being said though, it, to me it was just kind of like, okay, so so Simon, he's got his whip, right? Everybody knows. Like that's that's his thing. Except that most of the time you're not using a whip. You're using this like insane metal weapon that you're <laughs> way more likely to hurt yourself with than like anything else. So, you know, that was just it, kind of a thing.
1: So so we've had a history of uh we'll, you know, boot up a game and then just immediately dive into it and this Mm -hmm. game did us the courtesy of having no options (laughs) there's no options screen there's no options to configure there's no choices and i wonder if from a game design standpoint the whip is the built-in difficulty mode because the the leather whip that you start with is short the chain whip the first level power up i think is the same length but it hits harder and then the, the super chain whip is like giant it's like twice the length yes. so and if you die and you lose the whip power up within the first 4 candles you snuff out you're going to get two whip power up so like yeah. if if you want to play the game on the easiest setting not easy but the the easiest setting like they make that very accessible for you so i kind of wonder if like that's that was sort of like an intentional like hey beat the game with the chain whip and then maybe try it with just like the leather whip and see if you could still do it.
2: So to me, the re the, the, what I think that it is is again. So I, first of all, I mean, you know, I, I I think I hold this game in high esteem. So I am much more likely to be like, Oh, this is what they were trying to do. Even though they may have (laughs) just gotten lucky, you know? Um, so i don't i don't want to i don't want to gush too hard but um what i think that it is i think that actually that helps add to the horror aesthetic because so like you said you know you you snuff out four or five candles it's you're going to get the two whip power-ups right well no they're going to drop you may not get them because there mm. were a number of times where like i hit it and then i got knocked away and like i just i couldn't pick it up or one of them i think you hit it and if you're not close enough, it just falls directly in, like off the screen. Yeah, right you know? into a pit. Yep. Yeah. So it's a way of saying, like, even this thing that you are relying on and you have 90% of the time, it's not guaranteed that you have it. You know, you have, you got to focus because when you hit that candle, you got to make sure you are in the right place, that you are, you're being a vampire hunter, you're being very careful and mindful of your surroundings. Because if you're not, if you mess up even a little bit, you can <laughs> lose this thing that makes the rest of the game so much harder you know.
1: Yeah, and so that actually raises an interesting question for me cuz I I like that you always think of like how well do these visuals actually service the gameplay? And I from the moment you enter the first level, there is a candle on the screen. It's actually it's like a little fire on a pillar. Right. Um but there there's a thing you can whip that will drop a an item drop. And I'm looking at the screen, like I just turned the game on, I got the controller in my hand and I'm like if I didn't know I needed to hit that, would I hit that <laughs> or like I really, and cause there you go, I don't know, two full screen lengths before you see your first enemy actually, right. no considerably further. So like it, would I've just started like pressing buttons. If I didn't know what to do, I think I might've right. Like I might've figured out like, Oh, okay. This is the whip button. This is the jump button. Arrows make me move back and forward, you know, but but I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, based on the visuals as they're presented, is there anything you can think of where you're
2: like, oh, obviously, 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 you should hit
1: this with your whip?
2: No, but and I may be wrong on this, but if I remember correctly, the first one of those, the first one of those that exists is directly, from when you spawn into the beginning of the game, it is within whip distance. So assuming you don't move too far, the if you if you literally start off the game like most devs would assume that you do, especially in the NES days where you've got A and B, the D-pad is pretty much like you look at it, it's got arrows on it. Like that's, that's what makes you move. Start and select, never ever do anything other than start and select, except in some games when they do. <laughs> <laughs> but we can generally assume that they don't. <laughs> So if you hit A and B, you're going to jump up in place and then you're going to whip and then you're automatically going to destroy the thing in front of you.
1: Yeah, that I mean, I'd have to check those measurements, but it's believable that if not right there, somewhere early on, maybe uh, actually in the next room, the zombies pour in in fast enough that you are likely to hit a candle while you're trying to hit them. Yeah. So maybe they're like, well... If you don't do it on the first screen, you'll almost definitely do it on the second screen. And if you somehow make it all the way through the game without hitting a
2: single candle, how did you do that? Yeah, I, I think that, that <laughs> that's the hard mode of the game. If, if, yeah, and 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 you'd have to be such a stubborn jerk in order to get like all and be like, oh, well, I never hit a single candle. It's like, there, some of them are in places where they're begging to be hit, but you can get through the entire game without getting to is hidden mysterious roasted wall chicken.
1: No, I disagree. No, yeah? Yes. So as far as I know, the first dungeon wall chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The the first time that that happens in a level, um, and this kind of speaks to the level design, is uh, when you approach a flight of stairs, you have Mm -hmm. to hold down if they are downstairs. Otherwise, you will just walk off them like to your death which is a little weird because they try and make the stairs look pseudo three-dimensional. Like they have some depth to them, mm-hmm. but the fact that you can fall through them implies that every flight of stairs is like free floating with no railing.
2: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like no, you're I,
1: looking into a diorama and there's like no fourth wall.
2: No, one of my, so I, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, like this, this game, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard game. So I definitely, you know, hit, not like a true rage wall, but like a couple of <laughs> times I was like, "Like come on!" Um, and one of them was when I was just kind of like, "All right, well, you know, there are these stairs." And I just kind of like walked over to it, and I thought I had to be a lot closer to the stairs than you needed to be before you could hit down. And I got a little too far out, and then just like, like plummeted, and it's like do 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 do, you know. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, I hear that I hear that little tone in my nightmares now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, so, definitely-
1: yeah. So the the reason I mentioned that though is when you fall off that first flight of stairs you don't fall you're the very first time that you can go downstairs you don't fall to your death you fall to the bottom of like a little i don't know like tower of blocks and if you if you whip from where you are likely to fall you will hit the wall and there's chicken there Uh, so it's not like they don't spoon feed it to you it's not like there's a monster there and you hit the monster and you also hit the wall so of course it happens like you could easily never ever find that but it's there's enough of a chance that it's like oh somebody might fall down and they might hit the whip button and kind of just be like god damn it i fell down and like whip chicken out of the wall
2: yeah no i really feel like the, the chicken also is a strain in the mechanics a little bit but is also to me, because you know we 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 play Dungeons and Dragons, right? So we are both want to project stories onto like empty vessels, right? Yeah, and so
1: the- it's hard to come up with a good narrative for Wall Chicken, but it's not impossible. Well, no, but it, it totally makes you the crazy
2: person, right? Because I whipped <laughs> all of the walls, so I'm like in this dungeon, like desperately. If there was, if, if I had, you know, a, a sidekick, you would wonder why when I walk into a room, I start pawing at like the ground floor and like all sorts of stuff, desperately trying to find the chicken in the walls, and and you know, so so yeah, I think that that that, that just to me further drove home the desperation of you, the hero that you were just like find, trying to find food in the walls. So yeah.
1: no, I I like that, that headcanon accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so for like in general, like the, I, I mean, I kind of said it like I was sort of blown away. Like, Oh my God, these graphics are so beautiful. And the two things that I, I noticed, cause we have picked this apart in like almost every game we've touched is there's just literally zero palette swapping. There's none. Every character has whatever palette they have and every time you see them they have that palette and you know exactly how many whips it'll take to kill them and how they're going to move like just 100% consistency and then each boss sprite is like super unique and super cool looking and it's just it was like I don't want to rag on other games too much that use palette swapping like as a partial game mechanic, but it was kind of refreshing. Like, oh, Medusa heads—they always
2: look and behave like Medusa heads, always. Right, but I mean, I think that that to me, so I feel that that this game was was put to, was at a minimum put together with intention and 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 well thought out, right? So basically, I think they started. I think that honestly, they started with the idea of like, can we make a horror game? For the NES, right? You know, like, is that something that we can even do, you know? Because, I mean, you look at some of the sprites and some of the things, you know, what, what the hardware is capable of, right? And you're like... Well, can you can that even be done? And I think that everything is in service to that aesthetic, you know? So you can't have too much palette swapping because that feels samey and samey isn't terrifying, right? So every time I would see like a new enemy move, like like you said, they always move the same way. They they they're predictable and they telegraph, right? So if you're If you are the consummate vampire hunter and you are focused and you're paying attention, you can you can pick apart what the enemy is going to do. But every time I would see a new enemy, I would hesitate and like I would be a little afraid because I don't know the first time I see it what that enemy is going to do, you know?
1: Well, and some of them like the the Medusa heads are annoying, but exceptionally predictable because they just move in like a sine wave pattern. Yes. Or cosine wave,
2: if you, you know. So, well, it depends on where the intercept is, but yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, so, like, they, they're annoying, but you can learn to deal with them pretty well. Whereas uh, every time I saw the sprite, and, and I have all kinds of notes for this for later, every time <laughs> I saw the sprite of the little hunchback guy, uh-huh. like, <laughs> that... That filled me with dread, right? Like that was my horror because they move in a completely erratic way that no other monster in the entire game moves, like no boss, no, you know, regular enemy. And so like just that little sprite appearing on screen, I was just like, oh dear god, I'm yeah, probably you know. gonna die.
2: Oh yeah. Every time I saw that sprite, like I it was it was interesting because the way that I found that they moved is that normally the first time that they hit the ground, they are within whipping distance. And you can kill them. And if you don't, that is the end of your world. Like you either solve that problem right then, (laughs) or it becomes a huge problem that just does not go away or leave you alone. You know, I mean, no,
1: dude, it's Ender's game. You got to win that fight and every other
2: (laughs) fight. (laughs) Yeah, like there's one, uh, there's one, one uh, of the levels where it's when you come out of the sewers and the eagles are dropping them at you, and like yeah, like I'd just be like walk, 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 and then like the minute that the thing that I was like like whip, okay, okay, no, no, whip, whip, and then like one point like one would fall and then he'd start to jump up and I was like no, <laughs> now he's jumping around, so I got to duck weave and move him, but they're not, they're not stopping dropping them, so you know yeah, no, it was oh god, it was, it was nightmarish. Yeah, Um,
1: there's that one hallway. If we're talking about the same part is like that hallway is designed to be done perfectly because one error immediately compounds itself. It's like if you went into a bank and they had like 10,000 percent interest on your savings account, like (laughs) the second you put that dollar in, it's just like you're rich. And it's like this: the the second you miss that first little hoppy guy, it's like you're dead
2: Yeah. Like like you 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 have now ratcheted the difficulty up so much (laughs) higher. And which you're unlikely to be able to deal with because you missed you duffed the first thing, you know? So yeah, no. So um, but I I completely agree. No palette swapping. All the sprites were unique and interesting. Um and and like fun in a weird, I want to hang myself kind of way, but you know, um and and all of them and as far as visuals and services of the gameplay, like I think that um First of all, all of the, the power ups that you get, right, both the sound, this sound, both, both audio from an audio standpoint and visual standpoint it is very clear when you pick up like a new whip, when you pick up a new item, whatever. And and one of the things they do is they generally give you the best item for what you're about to be doing, you know, so. Yes. And I think the
1: first two or three entire levels, you can't screw that up. It's not until, like, the second half of the game where they're like, hey, we're going to let you accidentally pick up a, a non-optimal item. We'll give yes. you the optimal one, but we'll
2: also let you screw it up. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, they, they're, they're teaching you, right? But, uh, but because the visuals are, are so stark with it, in that regard, and each of the sprites are so unique and different, it very easily allows you to piece together, like, what you're supposed to be doing. So, for example, I, at one point you get the, um, the holy water, right? Mm-hmm and uh and yeah and then like i just walked out and i saw a skeleton just throwing throwing bones at me right and i was like well I, if i try to whip him it's going to be a nightmare at best like probably i will get hit once and he'll get hit once and that's best case scenario right i was like but i can just easily toss you know the the holy water at him and and it completely solved the problem so all of the visuals very strongly service that because like when the skeleton throwing his bones, they all arc at about the same angle, you know, he's throwing them at a consistent time frame. The it's very, very clear. The animation of like what, where it's hitbox is in comparison to yours. It's just, it's all very clean and crisp at no point. Did I get hit and think, no, nah, man, that shouldn't hit me. You know, like I, I deserved it every time, you know? So,
1: yeah. And it, it's, it's impressive that, you can go through the level. And I mean, it's I don't, I don't want to, you know, pat them on the back too hard. Like I'm sure there are things about this that have gotten very shiny, you know, through nostalgia goggles, but Mm -hmm. there are, there are things that feel very well communicated, especially for this time in history when, when this kind of game was like a whole new thing. So to, to be able to walk through a level and say, I know what's expected of me. I know what my tools are. I know how I can use them to solve problems, but to still feel like disempowered and concerned and like you're treading very, very carefully because it's like, it's kind of like, I know what I need to do, like performing surgery on yourself, like in master and commander. It's like, it's like, I know what I need to do, but if I screw this up, I'm going to bleed to death. So I'm still not like happy go lucky about it. I just understand what needs to be done.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I thought they did a a, a great job with that. Um, one of the other little visuals. And again, you know, to me, it just everything about this seems planned to the point where I don't really ever want to hang out with the guy who planned it because he <laughs> seems like he or she would be such a huge pain in the butt, you know, like. <laughs> It'd be the biggest stick in the mud because they'd be like, "Oh, well, no. If you're going to do it this way, then here are the like the 15 notes I have of minor nuance changes to exactly what you did because it's just it's so thought out, right? But like one of the things they did with uh, Simon's um, avatar that I just thought was interesting is that so you know it's 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 NES era graphics, so you know he's very clearly human, and one of the places where you know I've said a number of times where NES got away with a lot more than they normally would would is that you know, it's the left side of the uncanny valley, right? So they're, they're animating things that aren't human, or even if they are human, they're a cartoon like Mario, Mario, nobody looks like Mario. In- God, I hope not. No, <laughs> I mean, if they did, they'd be in a Castlevania game. as a villain, you know? <laughs> So, so yeah, but, uh, but this one, they're actually trying to animate a person. I thought they did a great job with it. Um, you know, like all the proportions are fine. Uh, it was very easy to represent the human form, but the one thing that they did where i was like oh that was actually a really nice touch is they don't give him a an eye you know they give him the the eye ridge so Uh, yes so that's and i thought that was kind of clever is because like if they had used because most of the time eyes are like black dots or in this case it'd probably be that dark brown which is his like outline you know
1: yeah so you'd have like one maybe two pixels dedicated to that task
2: right exactly but then that would just kind of make him look like he was in constant state of shock and surprise which he is he, he, and should yeah, be, he, he, maybe
1: yeah
2: but uh but uh but no just having like the eye ridge to me like made i don't know why it made me feel like he was like kind of like head down looking out of the top of his eyes like you know focused and all this sort of stuff because it's just the shadow of his brow you know yeah
1: yeah it's the the steely-eyed vampire hunter and i i didn't notice that but the second you described it i was instantly able to picture it and i'm like yeah (laughs) yeah
2: yeah so just little things like that because i'm sure that you know they went to the the person who made this you know um not steve steve's bad at his job but uh
1: jennifer the artist
2: yes they went they they went to jennifer and they were like hey here, here are the 15 different ways we can you know like animate simon and you know she she just said like that one and it was you know it was absolutely the correct call because like i said i feel even if that was off by half a shade it would have looked eerie and weird but the fact that it was like no that's clearly the shadow being cast by his downward turned brow as he is like stolidly muscling forward i was like yeah yeah well,
1: and, and again having not thought of it you're now like i'm making all kinds of you know correction connections in my brain. Um, The first boss you fight is the giant bat mm-hmm. and the giant bat is he's camera on, which is a little weird because from Simon's point of view, is he just looking at him from the side or is it that he's <laughs> he's far enough away that he's like in his peripheral, you know, kind of like in his flank. But anyway, the, the bat is facing <laughs> the camera, not the character model. So right. you see this giant like jack-o'-lantern mouth. And you know several pixels dedicated to these like great staring eyes, and yeah, like those two things side by side. Like if Simon had these like giant staring eyes the entire game, (laughs) you'd just be like, you know, take this seriously. Like, (laughs) stop being so amazed. Like your your (laughs) life is on the line.
2: Yeah, you know, you you are you are a vampire hunter warrior going into the den of your enemy, not a not a child being taken on a tour, staring wide eyed. <laughs> oh man, check out that vampire! Oh, look at that vampire! Hey, check out that vampire! No, that's not that's not what's, what's yeah, going down. Man.
1: Whereas on on the bat face, the the big eyes with like the the you know jagged teeth, like Cheshire grin, is is not wide eyed and surprised. It's like like a a terrifying hunger. Like oh, this bat yeah. is. This bat doesn't want to kill me. This bat wants to kill and eat me.
2: Yes. And and is really super, super Super, super jazzed. Yeah. Super, <laughs> he,
1: he, super jazzed.
2: Yeah. Like this, this is his Disney world where he's just like, yeah.
1: <laughs> Come to my house.
2: <laughs> With this. Um, but yeah, as far as um, you know, like I said, I think all the visuals were were very nice. It, all the different levels, despite the fact that they all like they all had blocks, they all had stairs. Um, I thought that they all had a really unique feel to them you know and I think that that you know and and again there's we've said before is that there's kind of bad palette swapping and good palette swapping and one of the main things that kind of made the levels different was the backdrops and they kind of palette swap the level you know
1: yeah the the blocks themselves like oh in this level the block is like black and orange and in this level it's like green and brown and it's right. the the texture you know what texture there is but like the, the texture pattern is is painted in the same way but because the colors are different if you played this game enough you could probably look at a single wall block and say like oh that's level four. Oh, that's level two
2: absolutely and so but because of that like that and and they change the backdrop and they change the enemies right and that's that's it, you know. I mean, the the challenge is just changing the layout, right, and the way the enemies interact with each other. But with with only making those few changes in each area, each level feels so unique and interesting, you know. And I, I think it's because, like, you know, obviously there's the core aesthetic of of horror, right, of fear, right. But what to me, what kind of makes you play this game is its skill mastery and and exploration, you want to see what the next level looks like. You want to see what the new boss is, like what other enemies there are, and uh, and yeah, that, I didn't realize that my brain could be tweaked to follow that through with just some color shifting and backdrop changes. You know,
1: yeah, and and the the design, like the from like a visual standpoint, the design is actually really only made up of you know those handful of elements really across the entire game. You have stairs, you have blocks. I mean, the the backdrops change a little bit, but like you have stairs, you have blocks, you have candles and there's really only what, like six or seven enemy types in the entire game. Like there's not a lot. And I would would definitely
2: say there's less than a dozen.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's how they come at you and when they come at you and the quantity they come at you in. Like there's, there's really, you know, a very limited tool set used through incredibly masterful and thoughtful level design, which means you don't have to rely on lame things like palette swaps. Like, Oh, those are the bluebirds. The bluebirds go up and then down. And the redbirds, oh, the redbirds red go down and then up. Like it's, and, and, I mean, there's a place for that in games, but I feel like if you, as the player got into that mindset, because you're triggered by like the color of an enemy, that it, it would pull you outside the horror so yes. saying like, okay, all birds are going to be black and all zombies are going to wear the, you know, the like ragged kind of lavender color clothes. And and that's just it. Like if you want to use zombies, this is what they look like. This is what zombies look like in our universe.
3: Yeah, and all it, of them look the same.
1: Yeah, it just, it makes, it, it prevents you as the player from thinking about the mechanics of right. the game that are being communicated through visuals.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's actually really a good point is that the game does a great job of not, making not really making you feel like or making you aware of the fact that you're playing a game you know like it it doesn't pull you out by being like okay well this is this is you know blue ninja palette swap 17 therefore they, they do the following it's like no this is this is you know it, this is this type of monster and this is the way this type of monster behaves which makes you a vampire hunter because you are the expert on how these on how his minions behave and and how to act and i mean you know uh netflix just recently released you know castlevania right the oh have you have you watched it i have oh, it's, it's good, good. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> um but and, and and for any of our listeners who haven't watched it go watch it it's good um <laughs> but at the at the like towards the end you know like everything's you know all hex breaking loose and you know uh, one of the characters is like calling out orders and they're like, this enemy does this type of thing. And that's the way I felt, you know, where where it's like, I know this is the way this enemy behaves. This is like, for instance, the holy water, right? Like the holy water, skeletons in particular are weak to holy water because it arcs, it's like the anti-arc to their weapon, right?
1: Yeah, I didn't think about it from from that point of view, but it is basically like they're throwing, you know, femurs and you're throwing, you know, little little bottles of water.
2: Right, but but generally speaking, either the axe or the holy water are ideal weapons against the you know yeah. the, the skeletons, right? So we so when you think of it that way, most enemies have an ideal weapon to fight them with, which again oh, yes. drives home you're a vampire hunter. You know which tools are ideal for these not not for this, these game situations for these types of monsters, you know. And so again, I just like I really like, for an NES. Der- era game, I, it thought they did a great job making me feel like a vampire hunter, you know?
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, the, so, so the horror thing is, I, I think you can't be aware you're watching a movie, playing a game, listening to music because then it, it separates you from the scary, right? So like you it have to you feel too safe. Yeah. You, you, ha- feel- you have to take steps to make sure the person, you know, the viewer, the the player, whoever is as engrossed as possible. Yeah. And so since you mentioned the the show on Netflix, there was a moment where the uh suspension of disbelief was completely shattered for me and it was just in a really silly way. So you you never played Symphony of the Night on PlayStation?
2: This is the last Castlevania game <laughs> I ever played.
1: Okay, so Symphony of the Night is uh centered entirely around Alucard. Mm -hmm. and like symphony of the night's probably the most successful castlevania game ever made and that became kind of the basis for a lot of the future mythology so like alucard and his deal is like mentioned very heavily in some of the other games so in the show Dracula's like i'm gonna rain down you know fire and and it's gonna be really bad for these humans who crossed me and a figure comes into the room who is shadowed in an impossible way (laughs) and and he's like you know dracula don't do this and dracula's like you know i do what i want and then like and then they fight and you don't see it but the implication is dracula is fine and we don't know what happened to the other guy and then like three episodes in it's like other guy and the the girl who's in the room when when alucard comes out is like alucard the son of Dracula. And I was kind of like, I happened to be in an airport watching it on my iPad as looked around. Like, yeah, did wait, did everybody else not know that? Did you guys not know that? Like,
2: is this this a reveal?
1: The the second he came into the room and he was all in shadow, it was like obvious that it was him. Yeah. Oh wait, I I get it. They couldn't write the story, assuming that I would know that, but it was just funny (laughs) because it's like, it's like if this cartoon wasn't written for fans of the games, who was it written for? But at the same time, I was like, yeah, okay, it'd be really lame if they just broadly assumed every single audience member had this wealth, you know, decades of background knowledge.
2: Yeah. No, but yeah, that 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 is that video is very good and in service to. I think it serves the the game pretty well. But uh yeah, so I mean pretty much that's my notes on visuals is, you know, that they're they're awesome. Like them. Good. L-
1: let me let me ask you one other thing cuz you noticed this minor detail about Simon I was very aware, and I don't know why, I was very aware of the fact that the only other humanoids you see are humanoid size, with one exception, Frankenstein. So the zombies are like the exact same size as, as uh, Simon is. Hmm. And the mummy bosses are just a little bit bigger than you are. They're not huge, like... If, you know, Simon's, I don't know what his cannon height is, but let's say he's big. Let's say six foot. Mm -hmm. The zombies would be or or the mummies would be maybe like seven feet tall or like like six, eight. Like they're big, but it's like, well, they're like they're monsters that are wrapped in like all this cloth. So it's like maybe they're actually like six, two, but they have all this crap wrapped around them. But then Frankenstein, who is supposed to be this horrible amalgamation of human body parts, is a freaking giant. Like, yeah, he's probably close to twice your height or like seven, you know, plus 75% of your height. And yet, him being that big didn't feel weird. I was just like, oh, well, the zombies are my size because they're other humans. Oh, the mummies are about my size because they're other humans, like in mummy garb but frankenstein being big i was like oh god it's frankenstein like it, <laughs> it didn't bother me that he was a giant
2: no i i i i certainly agree that it did not bother me at all like it it that did not share this weight to me at all honestly so when we decided to sit down and play this game um <laughs> i remember you had reservations because you're like i'm not sure that we can do a podcast on this because neither of us are skilled enough to get far enough <laughs> into the game in order to accurately assess the game, and and so
1: it it was a a real concern.
2: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, the game's hard. It's just a hard game. Um, but, uh But but you know, so basically, every time I got to a boss, I really did feel like for for you know Frankenstein, I, I came in and immediately like I saw Frankenstein, and I saw that little one of those little <sighs> monkey dudes. To me, they were like like feral monkeys. You know,
1: they're those enemies are reused later. They're actually little hunchbacks mm. so like they they are hunched and they're also like small and deformed
2: but mm. but uh, anyways i saw that and all of my attention went to the hunchback not oh, to Frankenstein. yeah, yeah no. because i was like that's <laughs> gonna be a problem because it does <laughs> yeah, things but uh but yeah no i i i do i i want to get i want to get to to music because I, I have a note that i'm actually kind of proud of Oh sweet, sweet ne- Jesus, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I never have notes on, on music. And 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 so when I was playing this one, I was like, no, no, this time I'm gonna pay <laughs> attention to the music. Um, and we didn't get into the general music. So the music is awesome, it's really, really good, it's super memorable, but on the, the this this sewer level, right, where there's all of like the creatures from the deep and all hmm. that sort of stuff, there there is totally a musical musical allusion to Jaws. Yeah. Yeah, the the opening music in that area is do 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 do, but it hits two notes back and forth in the same number of times, and then as opposed to like like you know cresting like Jaws does, it then goes into the theme music for the level. But it is totally a musical illusion to Jaws.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I can I can feel it. Like if the composer was like, no, I was actually referencing this like. 14th century symphony i'd be like oh okay but but i mean it's definitely evocative of that same kind of creeping foreboding which i mean i know like the the story is with uh when when what's his name um brought that to spielberg yeah um, spielberg was like ha, but seriously (laughs) (laughs) so you know and then oh haha it's like one of the most iconic pieces of music ever written and you know there we are but um, that kind of the, the, the very simple, like dun, 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 like it, it's, it, it feels like you can imagine yourself looking around in panic, trying to figure out, like, you know, a creeping horror is coming, right. But you can't see it. You can't tell from where, and that works so well with water stuff, which this is like the watery level with the, I don't know. What are they Zora that like jump up out of the water? <laughs>
2: that that that's racist um <laughs> <laughs> not all fish people are zora <laughs> um, but no they're, they're they're totally zora no um I, I think it's like i think it's supposed to be the like what, what was the creature from the blue lagoon or something B- black, lagoon. black lagoon yeah that, blue lagoon was that's some racist way.
1: all colors just look the same new uh
2: these colors sounds i pretty much <laughs> <laughs> live in swirling horror but uh but yeah and especially you know i don't I wouldn't say as certainly there is a, a musical allusion to Jaws, if not for the fact that it is the water level that it happens in, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if it is an accident, it's an
2: amazing accident. Yeah. If, if it's an accident, the person who did it should never tell anybody it's an accident. Because why why would you? It'd be like if you know your boss comes up to you and says, Man, you really slam dunked this project, completely thinking outside of the box. Very well done, being like, oh, actually that was completely unintentional and total mistake. So with that logic in mind, It, by definition, is an allusion to Jaws because if you ask anybody, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that totally meant uh, I meant to do that. I think the the one way you can do that, not
1: to your boss, because then your boss realizes you're an an arrogant prick and fires you. But like at a cocktail party where you can't necessarily be fired in the traditional sense, the only way you could one up that is let's say that the creature from the Black Lagoon was Mm -hmm. the inspiration for the music in Jaws. (laughs) <laughs> and these monsters look like those monsters. So then if somebody's like, "Oh yeah, that reminded me of Jaws." and it's like, "Well, actually, and it's like nobody's going to be friends with you after that, but you do have an even deeper cooler meaning." So it's like, you know, Jaws and friends or deeper cooler meaning if it exists and no friends. You know, it's kind of a, a trade. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And 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 generally I'd like to think, you know, yeah, you know, friends, but yeah.
1: um, J- Jaws and friends. It's like Netflix yeah. and chill,
2: but, you know, with Jaws. Actually I just I just pictured the opening to friends, but with, with <laughs> Jaws in the water fountain, you know. See, <laughs> so, you no know, one told you life was gonna be this. Oh god, oh god. Um, but it
1: but it's the robot from the Jaws theme park ride. <laughs> so it comes up and then just like breaks and they have to
2: take everybody off set. Exactly. But so, so yeah, I mean, aside from that, we go back to my chocolate ideas, but when I, when I picked that out, I wrote it down. I was like, Oh my God, this is totally going to make up for the last two and the next two that I'm going to screw up. So,
1: well, you know, you actually see you're, you're, you're selling yourself short because you already mentioned uh, during visuals about the death music, because I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's like a, I'm sure there's a proper term for this, but it's, it's, it's like a little short melody. It's like, na 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 na. And yeah. it, even that, like, is is in service of the kind of horror aesthetic because it it doesn't really resolve in a way that's satisfying. It kind of leaves your chest being like, Hurr. yeah. <sighs> so it's oh, like yeah. it's frustrating because you hear it because you died, and melodically, it's it's not very like it, when you die in in Super Mario Brothers. It's like do 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 do, and it's like. Yeah. Okay, that's done now. Like that's very final, and that's done. And now that pit has one more Mario corpse in it, and there's there's a <laughs> there's like a new Mario clone who's like trying to save the princess. Whereas in Castlevania, it's like na 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 and it kind of ends in like a minor key, and you're just like it. It just it when you restart, you don't feel empowered. Like okay, I've got all my life. You're just like angry.
2: Yeah. No, you're angry. And actually, to me, the kind of feel that I got off of it, um, because again, I, especially with NES era games with trying to do something like this is it is kind of, you know, the blank slate that they have to hit, make it the blank slate in just the right way for you to be able to project your fear upon it, because it it the game is not itself going to scare you because it, it it's you know NES era game graphics, right? So it has to create the space for you to scare you. But the way like the music for the game over, not game over, but the you 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 died thing with the the do 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 like that is to me. It's like the game looked at me and said, "Womp womp," you know. Like, <laughs> but like in a way, it's like you died. You're you died. You failed. Tr- I mean, try again. But you know, but this was the end of your story. You know, like you 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 messed up. You know, and. But then to juxtapose that, though, so when you would then get to the point where it was, like, continue, right, that's a little bit peppier and more upbeat because I feel like they were like, if we constantly, like, kind of crap all over the player, they're just going to drop this and never pick it back up again. So when it's actually continue, which is very gamey, you know, so it's like, do you want to keep playing this game? Come on, man, keep playing the game. Oh, you died. (laughs) 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 So so i thought I thought all of the um the the music in that sense I thought they did a great job highlighting um again highlighting the core aesthetic of horror of fear, you know so we're
1: this is kind of a mechanic thing, but you, you just you framed it so perfectly I just want to ask you about it can you imagine that the continue mechanic exists because the death mechanic is intentionally uh like beating you down so there's this game has infinite continues which is yes. super welcome because it's so hard
2: and in, it's the only thing that makes this game tolerable in my opinion
1: yes but you could argue on the one hand like well why not just give you infinite lives like you can just retry forever and i wonder if from like a, a level design standpoint and from the music design standpoint if beating you down constantly would actually like giving you the little break of like, Hey buddy, start at the beginning of the level. Here's this peppier, slightly peppier music. Like, come on, you could do it. Like if that got this. Yeah. yeah, I I wonder how much thought goes into that kind of a decision. Like we're going to let you die and we're going to let you keep playing, but eventually we're going to like, Okay, you know, you got to repeat the fourth grade kind of thing. Like we we believe yeah. you can graduate, but we're, <laughs> but we're going to bump you back a little bit just so you can like, you know, kind of like get the feel of your whip again, you know, get the the stiffness out of your shoulder.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that for me, um and I may be I may be off base on this, but and this this definitely drifts into gameplay, but you the game had to be set up this way for two reasons. One is that so like we said, it's the, if, if the continue if there were no continues or limited continues, the game would be nigh unbeatable, right? You know?
1: Well, it'd, um, it'd just be so hard, it'd be unfun. It'd be punishing,
2: yeah. right? It wouldn't be hard, it'd be punishing, you know? Because, like, you, you want to go explore, you want to go find these new areas and new things, but, you know, it'd be just too stressful to realize that a mistake you make in World One One is going to, you know, like, there's no point in playing anymore, like some other games where you really have to worry about, like, you know, what what area of the level you're in, you know? Um, so with that in mind though, I don't think that they could just give you infinite lives because then you would totally just throw bodies at the problem. You know, mm, yeah. you would just, you wouldn't be calm, controlled, collected, and careful. Most importantly, careful. You would just throw life at it, you know? And that's also not what they were going for. So it's like, no, we want you to realize that every mistake you make has a consequence, but not a soul breaking consequence. You know, yeah, it's and still think, a
1: game. We still want you to have fun.
2: Yeah. So I think that that finding I think they did a great job finding that middle ground of like, well, we don't want to make you so powerful. that The game isn't scary, but we can't make the game so punishing that it's it's not worth playing. You know, I think they found a really good middle ground there.
1: Yeah, the the one sound note I have that's like it's a complaint just because it seems unnecessary, like they. They could have had a third sound. So there's the normal whip sound, which is, you know, like a, and then there's the, the, the sound of it hitting something. Well, Mm -hmm. actually, when you just fire your whip, it doesn't make a noise, but when you hit something, it makes a noise. And there's a little like explody flame to let you know, like you broke a thing or killed a guy. And when you first, the first enemy you fight if you don't have the chain whip that is, (laughs) that isn't one hit is the, uh, is like the dragon, um, like the dual dragons that spit fire. And uh, and of course all the bosses, I mean, all the bosses obviously take more than one hit, but like when you hit a boss or when you hit the, the dragon fire thing, um, it makes kind of like a, almost like nails on glass, like a, Mm -hmm. like a or like, like, like metal scraping against each other. And it's kind of got a like, oh, they have armor. You're hitting their armor like you're not going to kill them in one hit kind of thing. Right. But then you fight uh, Dracula and when you hit him in the body, it makes that noise, but he takes no damage. You have Hmm. to hit him in the head. And I mean, you have the boss energy meter, the life meter. Yeah. So you can tell that you're not hurting him, but like. It, it's just weird to me that every other time in the game, as far as I could tell, that noise means keep doing what you're doing. It's going to take right. more than one, except this like one or maybe one other boss instance where it's like, nah, that's actually not doing anything.
2: Yeah, I agree. That's, that's a, uh, that's, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I did not get to Dracula. I got, I got to death and then, you know.
1: Oh, I also only got to death, but YouTube's a thing.
2: Yeah, that that's that right. <laughs> I, I did not, I did not check YouTube and I totally, what i wanted to do but I, I i didn't which was you know when we start off be like oh how far did you get be like oh i beat it first pass easy <laughs> yeah, come really? on yeah really <laughs> <laughs> no uh, but um but yeah so so that uh no so that that is kind of a misdirection and if i were if i were to defend it i would say like well the point is that you know you are a vampire hunter like your job is to go in and kill this guy but He's Dracula, so like he's got magic and misdirection and you may not have all the information on him, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, though, that's it's a little sloppy and I, I it, don't really care for it.
1: If he is the one and only time that that happens, I would actually accept that because then it would feel thoughtful and considered like, yeah, you, you hit him in the body and I don't know, maybe 10 whips to the body will actually do one damage. So you are hurting him. It's just the way the life meter is displayed, it's an undetectable amount. But Mm. I mean, I, you know, there's a limit to how much research you could do in two weeks and partially via YouTube. (laughs) But it's like, I, I, if it's, if it's true that it's only Dracula, then I would back off and be like, okay, this is intentionally changed up from earlier information to be more confusing and disempowering. But if it happens even one other time in the game, it would make me think there's like, nah, we just have two sounds.
2: Yeah, and so yeah, so that that that's that's not the best, but uh, honestly, aside from that, I thought that you know music was very good. The music was very memorable. Um, because for a lot of uh games of this era, is you know the 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 sound power of the NES was not very powerful. So I think it could what it can only generate three tones at a time.
1: Uh, yeah, i I mix up some of the statistics. Like it had a set range of instruments, and then a set decibel range, and then a number a minimum number or a maximum number of simultaneous sounds which is why in some games like you fire your gun while too many things are jumping and the music goes away <laughs> <laughs>
2: um but yeah so if, if i remember correctly from you know a video i saw on this a while ago is that the reason why you know the the question that was posed was how come we don't have awesome video game music in video games anymore because you know like how come we don't have you know more legend of zeldas and Mega Man's, you know where you can just hum the tunes all the time it's like well you it's because you could only generate three tones at a time which is just enough to generate a chord all you could do is have melody you know yeah. so the melodies are all really really strong and our brains latch on to strong melody you know and but i think that all of the the you know music was was very very enjoyable very memorable i thought the sound effects were crisp and uh like when you would get a power up it would make a very distinct sound and tone to reinforce the fact it's like no you just picked something up you know so uh yeah uh, overall i I really thought it was uh that was pretty good
1: one uh funny coincidence you didn't look at my notes did you no okay so under sound effects i actually used the word crisp (laughs) (laughs) because i i really like when i was typing those notes out like you know cuz i've like controller in my hand keyboard next to me so i'm like i'm like pausing periodically to take notes and i i just noticed after i'd been playing for a while i was like man everything is like everything feels sharp like nothing man. feels like muddy or sloppy i can't really think of any many things that had like a fade in or a fade out effect which i mean the nintendo could do through some like fakery of like volume you know playing playing right. with playing with decibels i guess um but everything is like it's like clear and crisp and sharp, and you know, like, that's the thing that made that noise. Like, I understand where that sound just came from and why. So, that's, I, I mean, again, like, I keep saying this, but it's, it's walking this incredible tightrope of giving me enough information to empower me, the player, without right. giving me so much information and so much power that the character is like this superhero, which is, a weird thing with the music, because the the music's not. I mean, it's not Silent Hill, right? It's not The right. Dark night with just like loud buzzing. Like, it's music's <laughs> actually kind of like going on an adventure. Like, hey, we're going on an adventure. Like, do 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 yep. do 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 do. Like, it's actually not that that like depressing or ominous, and yet it somehow still feels. I don't know. Maybe maybe like righteous like. Simon is is not 100% assured of victory, but he is 100% sure that he needs to be doing what he's doing.
2: Well, I think that the both the music and the sound effects, maybe a good way to describe them would be satisfying, right? And that's because your character, and thus by extension you, the player are satisfied with the work that you're doing you know so like if you wanted to explain you know the the sound effect of you hitting monsters why that feels good because it feels good to simon when he is hitting these monsters you know and the the background music if you assume that that's just kind of like an extrapolation of his mental state which we've i think we've kind of mentioned it's like a thought before right he's not earth shatteringly terrified he's careful you know and so, again, like, that's why, you know, they like we the player are scared, you know, <laughs> but like why, you know, they they set up the, the enemy design, the placement, all this sort of stuff to make you careful like Simon would be. But the music is him like he knows that he is doing what needs to be done and he takes satisfaction in doing it, which is why we are satisfied by doing it. <laughs> and and actually this leads, I think, nicely into one of the gameplay things that I thought was just so well done. Which is, so candles give you um, items, hearts, or money, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which, I mean, money is just score, right? Like, it doesn't do anything.
2: Correct. And just like in a real dungeon, I did not give a shit about finding money. (laughs) And I thought that was really, really important, though. Because, you know, like, if you are in... Du- especially from playing D so much you know you're in a dungeon and people are always like oh man what's in this room oh man nine thousand gold i'm gonna use it to buy all this, this sort of stuff that's because the players assume and the characters assume that they're going to make it out right sure. that's not the point of this you know like y- y- you're not going to go back to town and use this money to buy stuff you know so you are so much more focused on and worried about tools that will help you complete your quest in surviving that are usable right then not money which eventually translates to score which i did not care about at all and i thought that was kind of nice i i yet to find a game where i got disappointed by finding money when i find money i'd get frustrated because i was like no i needed i needed hearts to 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 stop time again because if i can't stop time when i go through this hallway i'm gonna get my lunch eaten
1: (laughs) yeah that's um So there, there was the money and there's one other item that I admit, I just did not push hard on what it does, which is like the little tablet with like Roman numerals on it. Oh yeah. No idea what that was about. I'm, I'm willing to bet that if I had pressed select at the right time, that something significant might've happened because it's like the only button I wasn't pushing.
2: Yeah. Is it, it's a Gemini symbol, right? If I remember correctly. Is that what it's supposed to be? I mean, it looks like a
1: Roman numeral number two. So yeah. yes,
2: it would not surprise me. And, you know, obviously we're going to look this up the minute that we get off the, the air and you can find Absol- it yeah. in, the show, in the show notes. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would not surprise me if when you pick that up while it's active, if it's, dub- if it's just like a score multiplier.
1: Yeah, I'd accept that because it's definitely there's no way they give you something as powerful as double damage
2: yeah or something yeah insane like that I mean, especially because you know any of the other things that are like big uber powerful like that are very clear what they do like the the holy cross
1: you know That oh yeah that kills everything on screen yeah which and is then, amazing then yeah. there's the what i assume is like a carafe of coffee that makes you invincible but only for an incredibly short
2: amount of time so y- yes it does mechanically make you invincible i assumed it made you invisible
1: Hmm. Is that because of the visual effect, the crazy glowing?
2: Yeah, it's because of the visual effect, and and you know, like yeah, the way because you seem to kind of like fade out and then back into reality, as opposed to like most of the time with most invincibility things, like do 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 do, 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 do you know, <laughs> and like you're like crazy colorful. This one makes you fade in and out of existence. So I mean, it's mechanically it's the same. You can't be hit, but to me it was like you. It's not that you can't be hit because they're hitting you and pinging off of your mighty armor. You can't be hit because they just can't see you. And so you're just kind of like moving around them. So
1: I can't say this for sure, but I think the enemies still respond as if they can see you. So Mm -hmm. I would split the difference between invincible and invisible and say incorporeal.
2: Yeah. So they can still see
1: you, but it's not until they swing and whiff that they're like, oh God. Darn it.
2: Yeah. So you got like a you know the the 50% mischance and yeah. And they, yeah. and they always like roll low on their D one hundreds. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I can get on board with that.
1: <laughs> um, the, there was a couple things about the mechanics and the controls that I, I was hyper aware of them at first and then immediately like got over it, which I think speaks to the, the quality of the overall design. Like they knew they were shoveling in these two really annoying things, but it was for the right reasons which is uh i don't know if i've ever played another game that's a video game where you can't control your jump arc like yes yeah when you jump you are married to that jump you can't slow you you can't arrest your momentum you can't change your direction you can't do anything once you have started to jump you are jumping
2: yes and and yeah, this is the first game that we've played so far that's like that. And it is super weird at first, you know? Because you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna jump. Oh no, 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 and it, it doesn't matter. But to be fair though, how high and how far you can jump is way less than it is in most games. You know, because like Mario jumps like what, five times his height? Something
1: Oh, yeah. Some yeah, it's it's this is this is a platformer in the sense that there are platforms. And you have to like walk on them to complete the game, but it's not, it is not a platformer like Mario or Sonic or Mega Man where the skillful navigation of platforms is what makes or breaks the
2: game. Right. And so, but like, so for Mario who jumps five times his sprite height versus Simon, who actually, one of the things I thought was interesting, and this is kind of a visual is when he jumps he actually gets not that much further off the ground. He gets one full like sprite level so that way you can jump over bad guys, you yeah. know, but half of it is him getting higher and the other half is him lifting his legs up, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, he
1: he jumps in a fairly natural way, like a believable human way.
2: Exactly. That, and that's the thing is that the way he jumps, I would say that he actually jumps about as high as a human could, which is to say that if you jump and tuck in the air, you would probably be able to clear about half of your normal height, you know. Um, so so because the jump is so small, it's not insufferable not being able to arrest your momentum because you're not in the air that long. It's to with Mario where you'll like jump and you'll be hanging in the <laughs> air for like three, four seconds before you come back down and if if you were married to that jump park it's, it's not so much that you're married to it it's just that you're you're signing like a lease you know like a one-year lease you know mario that would be until death do us part this is more like until we we want to re-up next year
1: yeah That i mean and and the level design supports the way he moves there's yeah. just a handful of times throughout the entire game. And then there's several that are like, there's one, that one level, uh, is it the death level? There's one level where the platforming is noticeably more difficult, but it's, it's the death level. Yeah. But, but it's, <laughs> but it's not, it it's not early in the game. It's not spread throughout the entire game. It's like this level is more difficult in this specific way toward the end of the game. So you should be kind of used to how Simon moves by now, And this is supposed to be a hard level. So, you know, like there's, again, like you understand why they made the decisions they made, but the first, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 minutes of me playing this, especially because I know I haven't played this since I was a fairly young kid was just like, okay, every time I jump, I got to (laughs) remember, like, that's what I'm doing today is that jump. Like I'm committed to that jump and next jump, I might do something different. But once I start this jump, that jump is happening. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's very video gamey to be able to control your trajectory in midair without any kind of additional propellant, but we're used to it.
2: Yeah, exactly. No, it, it's, it's, it's very important. Yeah, no, I, I think that that, you know, was, was definitely very, very unique to this game. Uh, Just funny game related tangential story. So um, I got to death's level and I got, I could get about three. So the way I would play it is I would, you know, play it for a bit, and then leave the system on and like go take a break, you know, <laughs> detox, have a drink. <laughs> yeah, come back, come back to it. And so I had the system running when a friend came over. And so we we had a couple of drinks. And then, you know, we're like, well, let's play because worst case scenario, we die. And it just puts me back to where I already was, right? Right. And that was when I was able to get to death. And I really wanted to beat him just because I wanted to be able to like wake up the next day and imagine it's like Simon got drunk and went and go and like killed death and like wakes up the next day in the dungeon <laughs> and be like, Oh man, what did I do? What happened? But unfortunately well, I could,
1: there's the I really could- obvious uh, like trope allegory there of like the, the, the person who wakes up at like in a bed that's not theirs next to a person they did not want to sleep with. <laughs> so, so like simon wakes up and like his whip falls off his chest and he's like oh god what happened last night and death is like sprawled out <laughs> like skull crushed in robes all torn asunder like spinning scythes like strewn about the room and he's like huh oh
2: god actually me that i thought where i thought you were going with that it was like you know like simon wakes up and he's like what do i do and like turns over and like death's wearing his button down shirt you know and it's like Hey, what's going on? You're like, what happened? It's like, oh, we just hung out last night, man. You know, I mean, it's it's totally fine. But, um
1: <laughs> see that yeah. that's like that's a little too close to the trope and weird because it's death.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but then that would just make you Thanos, right? This is getting weird. But anyways,
1: does, does Thanos sleep with death at some point? Well, Thanos is super into death, man. Like the li- like skull like, and hood death?
2: Well. She is more attractive in the comics because, of course, she is because it's (sighs) comics. But, but yeah.
1: Okay, not weird at all. Anyway, no, totally,
2: (laughs) it's totally legit. Um, So, one of the the mechanics based things that I, I don't think you can talk about Castlevania without talking about is the your alt weapon makes all of the difference.
1: You you mean your primary weapon that you continually have to earn back from the game because the Wait. the whip is your terrible secondary weapon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is legit. Yeah. Your your whip is non-ideal in like most situations. Now, and and if you got cuz you know, so first of all, I think the game did a very very good job give they always give you the ideal weapon, right? And then sometimes they give you the ideal weapon and then give you the ability to get not the ideal weapon. And when you pick that up, it's it's like it's just murder everything a clock. It's just <laughs> is, the worst.
1: Is it just me or is every non-ideal weapon the throwing knife? Like every time you're like, oh, I need the axe. And then they're like, yeah, also here's a throwing knife. And then you pick it up and you're like, oh God, I have the throwing knife.
2: The throwing knife is the biggest. It, it is the da na ah <laughs> of this game, you know? Yeah. Every time I got the throwing knife, I was like, Why? I wanted to say, why does it exist? But it exists to make you like thankful for the other weapons, you know?
1: I mean, it's not useless because you almost every single enemy, if not literally every single enemy can move faster than you. So if you have the small crappy whip and an enemy enters the screen and you have the throwing knife, you can be like, oh my God, and throw a knife at it and maybe kill it. So it's it's not a completely pointless tool, but it's in fact, I think the only place I used the throwing knife with any like notable success was against Frankenstein.
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't use it on Frankenstein. I didn't use it at all, honestly, like it, it just because it took so long to fire up that I found that it was better for me to be ducking, weaving, moving and trying to whip than to stop and throw, you know, Um you can use your alt weapon while jumping. You, you you can, but I wasn't great at it. You know, <laughs> I, I that, just wasn't. That, I mean, like, that I, would
1: have made death basically Im- impossible for you because if you if you can't th- jump and throw the cross, like I don't I don't know how you would do that. That is the only <laughs> way
2: I was able to accomplish that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I for me the 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 big one was, and this this leads into a story that I wanted to tell about my my gameplay experience was. The stopwatch, man. The, mm. Being able to stop time is pretty clutch in any reality, <laughs> including this one. So, so at one point I was playing the the level where the mummies are the boss, mm-hmm. right? And so you get, you can, if I remember correctly, you can only bring the stopwatch with you if you get past one of the checkpoints without dying. You know, sure. Like, I mean, like in like what I'm saying though is that like you know the final checkpoint, the stopwatch is not there. It's in the right. second to last checkpoint, right? So I did that, man. I got got the stopwatch. Managed to get through the final checkpoint. Didn't die. Didn't even lose that much health. So like, I had a solid chance. Go in there, hit the stopwatch. Doesn't work on
1: bosses. (laughs) 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 I'm kind of glad that's how that story ended because if you had been like frozen in time, whipped him to death, I would have been a little disappointed because that that would be
2: too empowering. Exactly, and and that was that was what I because. I was just frustrated, but again, I was like, no, bravo game. Because I was like, totally like, no, I've got this. And like, when I hit it and they just kept coming at me, I felt that I had the all is lost moment look in my eyes of, <laughs> of like, I was totally banking on this working. And now I'm just going to die. And then it just like, like, it just like the music like fades out. And then it like cuts to black and then you just see like the red blood splatter on the floor, you know, and then it just rolls credits. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, that was, that was my mommy's story. I,
1: and I noticed my experience with each boss was fairly unique, which is cool. Cause like each boss is pretty unique looking, but they they also like deliver a unique gameplay experience. And like the, the bat, the first time I got to the bat, I, I don't know what I, I didn't have the ax.
2: No, you need and, the ax. Well, even...
1: The second I saw him move through space, I was like, I'm supposed to have the axe. I'm gonna (laughs) die. And I like, I made an effort and I died horribly. Yeah. And and then, like, I came back with the axe and I was like, this time I have an axe. MF her. And, like, just, you know, like, axe murdered him. Um, Yes. When I got to the Medusa, you're supposed to use the holy water to, like, protect you from the snakes. Mm -hmm. And just the way she moves is just slow enough that if you have the fully upgraded whip, which has a decent reach that you can just kind of squat down and swing at her continuously until she dies. Yes. Like I, you, I would say you Medusa, can get away with that.
2: I would say that the Medusa head was like the, the Medusa boss was um, by far, the, far and away the easiest because yeah. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't clever with her. I just wailed away, but to me, with my personal experience, was it was almost a slight misdirect, because then when I went into the mummies, who were next, that is a non-option. No. You cannot just sit there and wail on those mummies, which is totally what I went in to do, because I'd just gotten away with it with the Medusa head, and I got my lunch head. And then I went in there with the stopwatch, and I got my lunch head. <laughs> the way I was actually able to beat them is if you – there's a block – when you first come in, so like you first come in on a platform and then you drop down by one block and then there's the floor. Mm. If you hang out on the very back edge of that block, kneel down and whip, they won't, they won't get at you there. Nice. Yeah. So that, that was the way I was like, like able to figure out, but again, I felt clever. You know, I, I felt like, you know, I tried a bunch of different things. And I was like, maybe they can't get me from here. Um, the one, <laughs> my boss experience that was again, just beautiful horror. So frustrating, but beautiful horror was I was fighting Frankenstein, right? And he's got the little hunchback dude, you know? And so hunchback dude jumps up, and I'm like ducking, weaving, moving, trying to wail on Frankenstein while, while get, making sure hunchback dude doesn't fire fireballs at me, right? And I've got one sliver of health left, as does Frankenstein. And the, the, the hunchback dude fires a fireball at me, right? And I whip out my whip, and I hit Frankenstein in the face, and he explodes in the flames, Which does not arrest the projectiles. Nope, nope. Then I died because I just, because I assumed that when I killed him, the level would stop. And that's video gaming. And it was totally video game logic. And I just died anyways. And I was like, oh, good job, game. No, no, I shouldn't be allowed to get away with that, you know?
1: Yeah, no. And you didn't realize it, but I penned the sequel to that story because you and I spoke during the week and you mentioned that to me. And I Mm -hmm. was like, Hmm. Noted. And then, <laughs> and then when I was fighting the mummies who throw, I guess it's supposed to be like their mummy wrapping at you. Yeah, it's, and, it's toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> 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 so, you know, they're like throwing, Oh God, what do you used to call it? You, know, you remember if you went to like a kind of like middle of the road public school, like kids used to like get Kleenex or toilet paper wet and then you like whip it at the ceiling you never seen. No, see
2: that? what did you do in school?
1: I didn't do it. I'm saying oh, like, sure. No, dude, you like, <laughs> you would like go. I think the point is you stick it on the ceiling and then it like falls and it like hits the next person in the stall.
2: I mean, we did we did spitballs, but that that does not sound like this.
1: It, yeah, I mean, you just take like a water. You're making me incredibly self conscious right now. <laughs> <You'd>, <laughs> Just no, like, that's
2: weird. You're weird. Feel bad.
1: <laughs> you just you take like a small amount of like thin paper, like a Kleenex or toilet paper. You get it wet, and if you throw it at like a smooth, like an unsurfaced ceiling, it will stick, mm. and then eventually probably dries up and falls down. But anyway, so they're they're throwing spitballs at you. <laughs> you yeah. just I'm just cut all that out. They're throwing <laughs> <laughs> throwing spitballs at you, and I like I whipped. The mummy it explodes and the thing is I it's like coming from behind yeah. me and I jumped and it went under me and I survived and I was like yes because that <laughs> absolutely would have been my death and that was like my fifth or sixth attempt on the mummies. So it was like nice. thank god we had that little like little anecdote exchange in the middle of our playthrough because I was like just about to lose my patience and have to like walk away from the game for a while and i just had it, it was like a like the a corny star wars moment it was like projectiles don't get destroyed <laughs> when the monster
2: dies yeah. whoa and it's just yeah and it's like what was that <laughs> it's the wind yeah
1: uh but You're yeah
2: no i i yeah i 100 like i said like and and again i would be if that happened in a mario game i'd be really frustrated with it but It was it was a horror game. And again, you know, like just thinking that everything is going to come to a grinding halt when the hero wins is video gaming. And that's not what this was, you know. So I felt that uh, I felt that that was, you know, acceptable.
1: So this was one of my few complaints. And I I mentioned like the the committing to the jump arc is like you get used to it. And this was the other thing that I noticed that like irritated me. And then I immediately forgot about it, which is every level has. A time limit yes and and that like i was like man i really i don't want to rush <laughs> like yeah so, sometimes i want to look at a problem and like assess it a little bit but now i'm kind of like aware that there's this time limit it was a problem never
2: no i mean that's the thing is that if you're moving through the level um you know in, in a in a appropriate speed you're never going to come up on time the only time when you're going to come up on time is if you literally are spending too much time in every area which makes sense because you wouldn't You do want to stop, assess your surroundings, come up with a way to beat it and then beat it, but you are in hostile territory. You can't just mull the problem, you know, for hours. Although my my funny story about that was it it was a problem exactly one time for me because I fired up the game and I was like listening to the music. So I started writing down notes. And I like, you know, (laughs) hit the thing, wrote down some more notes, and all of a sudden it gave me the you're about to die because you're you're running out of time noise. I was like, oh my God. And so then promptly. To be fair, to be fair, I didn't die through timeout. I died through my reckless abandon of trying to <laughs> plow through the level before I timed out, and that's what killed me. But uh, I, yeah,
1: I, I think it's it's fair to not ding the designers on foreseeing someone taking podcast notes. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, and again, like it
2: just it has visuals. Every death I had, I felt was my death, you know, but that one that was particularly funny where I was like, oh my God, this was, I had made a bad decision. It's time, time to make five or six more in a row, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I was just like, like, and I knew, I knew going into it that this is not a type of game that you can plow through, but I was like, well, let's, let's take a swing. And I did. Yeah. Um. So yes, the, the,
1: the little, little jumpy guys, Um, I got to admit that hallway where you're like, oh, I, you you stop time and that makes the hallway like navigable
2: Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't put that together (laughs) (laughs) well i'm not sure i'm not sure if we're talking about the same the the the, the place where i found the stopwatch to be uh inescapable was when you're fighting the creatures from the black lagoon Mm. um because you get that that area i got stuck in for a while um Because there's actually in that level, there's it's a Frankenstein level, there's no midpoint save. Mm, That's right. Yeah. So I I played that first bit many, many, many times. Um, But when you cross that area, so there's a a black lagoon creature that jumps out of the water and will knock you off the platform. But if you just go to the edge of the platform and wait, he'll jump up, go back down, and he won't jump up again. But then while you're on the platform, another guy will totally jump up and rock you Mm. if you don't stop time. And so that was was where I was like, I need, I needed the stopwatch because um, I never was able to get all the way to that long area where the eagles are chopping the monkeys at you. Or sorry, I, again, I thought <laughs> they were hunchbacks at you. Um, you know, I, I could, I could never make the stopwatch last that long. So
1: yeah, okay. mm, maybe you don't have the stopwatch there. And it, wh- whether you can or not, I definitely just had to do multiple attempts at that because it's like it's exactly what you said. They they hop in a way that you have this one perfect beautiful opportunity to murder them and if you miss it, you are probably completely screwed and yes. then because there's the eagles dropping the hunchbacks over and over, it's like that problem escalates in difficulty unbelievably fast because it's not yep. just like now there's this one hoppy annoying guy it's like now there's seven of them and yeah. and you just you die because even though you have this giant life bar, like almost everything deals like four damage. So almost everything kills you in like three or four hits. So it's, yeah, it's a little misleading. I mean, I I get why they did it the way, or I can see why they might've done it the way they did it, but it's like, oh, you don't have, you know, 15 hit points. You have like four.
2: (laughs) This is, this is tangentially related, but I saw this thing online of like, you know, great D and D stories where, um player you know player turns the cleric turns to one of the players and says like hey how many hit points do you have left to determine whether or not like they need to heal them and the person's like and and the person's about to answer and the dm says you can't do that like you don't know (laughs) how many hit points he has all you can get is a like you can talk to him and get a general sense of like how bad he's feeling right but you can't just ask him that he goes like Okay, so like what, what do you, he's like, okay, so then on a scale of zero to 89, how do you, (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) if I were the DM, I would have let that go because I'm like, that's, that's, that's pretty clever, but yeah, (laughs) but exactly. So, you know, you really have, you really normally get hit somewhere between six and four times, depending on like what you're fighting. But honestly, I think that you know, the idea is that you are a big, strong, hardy person. It's just these people are hitting you very hard. You know, so I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. But if you did just have five health pips, you know, or something like that, and then each thing just took away a pip, that would feel kind of feel kind of video gamey, whereas opposed to being like, no, you have this tremendous amount of health. It's just everything hits you for a lot of health. And also, too, I do know I did not get this far or would would even want to, but there is a new game plus feature in this game it makes everything hit way harder mm. so yeah no thanks yeah no they said when i was doing some legwork online because i wanted to see i wanted to see how far through the game i was getting so that way i could determine like whether or not i could speak with a kid educatedly about it so when i looked at it it's like oh yeah well there's this stage this stage this stage and i was like okay well i got up to death so i got pretty far um and then it said and then after you beat you know uh dracula there's new game plus i was like oh new game plus neat i wonder how they did that it's just like just everything's a lot harder i'm like hard er <laughs> no hey uh, no 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 no, no yeah. to all of that but- yeah
1: which I, th- I think is a nice transition into the ultimate question did it hold up
2: Absolutely no, I I one hundred percent think that this is game held up. I actually, so we we've said you know a number of times that there's you know the nostalgia goggles where you you need to have fond memories of this game if you even want to pick it up again, right? And then like the nostalgia monocle where you know like if it yeah a little bit you know and then no 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 nostalgia goggles where you can just play it and it's totally fine. And then the weird other classification that we've only come into a couple of times where it's like the game held up better than I remember it. You know, I would say that because I was so scared to go back and play this game because I was like, I just remember it being so frustrating because like, and then you just like, you play it and then you, you know, snap at your mom and get grounded by accident because you were in such (laughs) a garbage (laughs) mood from having played the game. And then your mom would be like, why are you angry? You were just doing your recreation activity. You should be calmer. And it's like, no, I'm mad. And then they'd be like, well, if the game's making you mad then you should just stop playing it and no no gamer has ever said that to another gamer because that means the game's beaten you and that sticks with you way longer yeah so. and,
1: and i had that almost that moment with susan because she's <laughs> usually like nearby reading a book when i'm i'm playing games for the show and and i just i kept i was like god it's so hard it's so hard yeah, it's hard <laughs> and she, she was like why is this game considered a classic and i was like I didn't I wouldn't say snapped at her but there was more in like intention in my voice than was probably strictly necessary when I was like cuz it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like but that makes you sound like a crazy person but it, it's because nothing in it feels impossible and more importantly nothing in it feels unfair. Like you and you said this near the top of the show was like there's very very few times that I was just like I'm going to throw my controller through the TV because the game is cheating. I might throw my controller through the TV because I'm angry or because right. I'm frustrated with the situation, but I don't feel like the world is unfair and 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 is out to get me.
2: Yeah. No, I never had that that rage quit moment where I was like, "Nope, that was garbage. We're done here." You know, like like the the moment where you stand up. Like so when I was a kid, you know, I'd just be like, "No, this is garbage." my new as i have now gotten older my new rage quit thing that that megan can totally pick up on is like i'll be playing and then i will abruptly stop stand up walk over turn off the system (laughs) (laughs) and not say anything (laughs) and then just like change to like tv or something like that And she's like how's everything going honey and and then it happens you know it's like no this is garbage i'm gonna tell you why (laughs) and then that's when the the tirade starts, but it's just all of a sudden it's like, nope, we are done. We are done here. We're done playing this game. This is stupid. I don't like it. It's cheating. um so I, I no, do think they, the difference died.
1: though is is if you you turn off the Nintendo or the the Genesis or whatever you know game you're playing, and you put the controller down. Is do you then want to come back later and right. and with Castlevania, I would say like as many times. God, I died a lot of times, and I'm sure I would yes. have died many, 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 many more times to be good enough to have beaten it, but. I like I'm like yeah if if I had the time like I would sit there and grind against this because it feels
2: achievable. Absolutely. No, 100% agree. I think that I think it's a it's it's a great game. Would I do this to me again soon? Probably not. <laughs> if if I ever really wanted like a really really good skill-based challenge, you know. Um yeah, I'd absolutely revisit this. Um you know, it's uh, it's it's something that I think is it's it's good. It hits the explore aesthetic very, very well, but in a very quick, concise way. Whereas, like, it doesn't quite have the depth of some other games that hit that note, but um, it hits it very, very well in a in a short amount of time. What I'd like to do is juxtapose that to like another game that really strongly hits that aesthetic, but maybe on like a grander scale. You know, like um, like some
1: kind of some more legendary
2: yes like like maybe not even you know the legend of that particular hero but maybe of like the person that they're going to save um that's oh, weird
1: no no game would be framed that way there, no, no no such game exists agreed the curtain
0: falls the music plays the credits roll then it all fades to black and you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories reaping With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while You're gonna think back much less On how you saved the day Than on all we